1: Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Getting In, a College Coach Conversation. Uh, This is Beth. I'm very excited to be back here with you all, and um, also excited because I'm about to go on a two-week vacation, which I have been looking forward to for a long time, and there was a time when I didn't think it would happen, so yay. Mm -hmm. Uh, Certainly, for many of you, this is a little bit of a tricky time. Lots of colleges and high schools are moving to hybrid, but also we're seeing a lot move to full online for the fall, and that's tough. I will say I got an email this week from a company specializing in study abroad, and they're, as you do, right, trying to make some money, and so what they're doing is offering high school students who are going to be online in the fall an opportunity to do four of those weeks in their, on their Costa Rica campus while you do the online work for your high school, and while initially I thought, wow, well, it sounds pretty cool. My ultimate honest reaction is uh, if I put my admissions hat on, wow, that's a really rich kid who could afford to do something like that. So if you get these emails and you're thinking it sounds cool, it does. But uh, if you don't have the money for it, don't feel bad. And if you are thinking about spending the money on it, I'm not sure it's going to help your prospects next year, so just throwing that out there. Uh, All right, today's show, we have two more in our top five series. Um, We're going to be talking about seniors applying to college and uh, applying for financial aid, so we have some really good tips, top five tips for all of you. Uh, But first, we're going to talk about a a timeline for this fall for seniors, and joining me to discuss that is Sarah Kubrom, my colleague and a former Lewis and Clark admissions officer. Hi, Sarah. Hi, Beth. Well, Sarah, you joined the show back in June uh, to offer some advice to seniors who were about to get started on their summer and some really good advice about how to use that time wisely. And we wanted to check in a little bit with those seniors, um, but we also wanted to share a timeline for the fall that's going to work for everyone who's listening regardless of where you are in the process. So if you missed the show in June or you just basically had other things going on or really sat downstairs and watched Netflix for most of the summer and didn't really think about your college process, well, that's okay. It is not too late. Um, So, Sarah, let's check in on that. Um, Why don't we start with um, the Common App? and other online apps that might be available, what, how would you add that to a, a senior's timeline for the fall?
2: Yeah. So this is a great time to have this conversation because, as you know, the common application, which hundreds and hundreds of colleges are on, as well as other large um, applications like the University of California application, etc., went live on August 1st. So they are available right now. And that's a really fantastic first step for students to simply go online and create their accounts, um, take a look and see what the application looks like, um, see what that experience experience is like, especially for experiential learners. I think it's helpful just to kind of dive in and get in there. And that's something you can check off the list right now. Exactly. You can, um, com- just because you fill those applications out doesn't mean you
1: then need to press submit, right? So you can Correct. fill them out. The information is, and it is, as you say, one, one thing you can check off And one thing you definitely do not want to leave till the end, Um, I I think sometimes students wait and then they're like, oh gosh, I actually have to fill this whole application out. Mm -hmm. If you start
2: early on that, it's a whole lot less daunting, I think. Um Completely, completely. And one of uh, the students I work with yesterday was excited because she filled out all of the main components of the common application, not the activities list or the um, essay, the things that take a bit more work, but all of the main pieces took her only a little over an hour, just kind of putting in her her name, her address, her interest. And then she also added all of the schools that she was applying to within there. And she just said it was very satisfying to feel like she had made that step forward.
1: Exactly. She's made one of the many steps she's going to make in the college process. So, yeah, exactly. If you're looking for something quick and easy that you can do, that's going to make you feel accomplished. This is a good one. All right. Less quick, less easy, but certainly are going to help you is going to help you feel accomplished as you get this process going. Essays. What's your Mm -hmm. advice around a timeline for that?
2: Yeah. So this is perhaps a simplification, but my go-to advice, as I know it is with many of our colleagues, is start with the main common application personal statement, or if it's a main essay for the coalition application or the UCs, et cetera, whatever application your student's working with, start with the main broad essay first. Um, what's beautiful about the common application personal statement is that it will go to lots of colleges, and it's only Also, good content that you can adjust for other essays at other colleges and application types as well. So most students that I know do use the common application at some point in this process. So it's usually a good starting place. Um, And the personal statement is just what it says. It's a a statement about the student and their lived experiences, not why they want to go to a specific college. And it's great to start with that because it'll have such a broad impact on the application process. Yes. <laughs> Now, when to do this, of course, depends on the student, their schedule, their availability. But I love it if a student can have a pretty realistic but an ambitious goal to have that done before they start writing on the shorter essays for each college that we sometimes call supplemental essays, so that they can feel that the core components of their application are done and then start in an organized way looking at one school at a time. Um, for example, set a timeline and a calendar and. For maybe for some students listening to this now, having that done by the end of September is a good goal. And set a schedule, um, be that on a spreadsheet or your calendar, and stick to it. One thing to consider with writing that essay is that you're going to want to get someone's feedback, be that a parent, guardian, relative, cousin, a college counselor, whoever that might be in your life, the students should plan within their timeline for completing that to have some time to go back and forth for feedback and ideas, because having that outside perspective from someone other than the student can be especially helpful.
1: Yeah, and I will say in all of my years of doing this work, I have never seen a student sit down, write the essay and be done. Um, And (laughs) it be their best work, right? So um, even the best writers typically need a few different drafts. This is writing that you're not used to doing often, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Reflective writing about a, a specific experience that you've had. And I, I can't echo more strongly your message to start that early mm-hmm. and, um, and get that done. And one other thing, actually, I worked with a student last week. He was focused on his UC prompts, and we actually mm-hmm. ended up working on those before the main common app essay um,
0: mm-hmm. because
1: one of those turned into his main common app essay. So um, I do love your suggestion that you start with either the main coalition essay or the main common app essay or the UC prompts mm-hmm. and then see, you know, how those can
2: be used in other places, right? Work smarter, not harder. A hundred percent. I think efficiency is key here. Yep. Yes,
1: and actually, to that point, you mentioned that there are colleges that have the supplemental essays, which are essays that you have to write in addition to that main essay.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, and
1: we, and you also mentioned um, an application tracker. Talk us, talk to us a little bit about that piece, and then mm-hmm. I have some advice after you talk about that related to supplemental essays.
2: Of course. So one of you know, I'm a bit of an organizational nerd. I love spreadsheets. <laughs> And um, one thing that I think is, quite frankly, empowering for students once they get over whether or not they like spreadsheets is (laughs) starting now by getting really organized. So create a spreadsheet that you can share with family supports, whoever that might be, and put on the first column the name of the colleges you're applying to and then document their deadlines, their requirements, everything in one place Um, colleges and universities all have similar, but slightly different processes that if you don't document everything, it's really easy to get confused or to miss something. So if you have everything in one spreadsheet, it can be your kind of application process, holy grail, you go back to it's all there. Um, The things that should be on there are things like the, not only the school's deadline, but in my ideal world, I also recommend another column next to that, that is the student's deadline. So let's say, for example, An application is due November 1st. Well, then, if Beth, you're the student, set a deadline for yourself, ideally at least two weeks before then, for when you're going to submit and have your own goals documented in that spreadsheet as well. Um, I find for most students that I work with, it is A really healthy approach to set a different date for each school. And then if you're ahead, great, but try to work at these schools one at a time so that you get to have the satisfaction of completing things. Um, And look ahead at your fall schedule. Um, Granted, life is different this year, as you mentioned. Some students, (laughs) quite a few students are home. But even with life being different, there might be holidays a family observes, there might be religious traditions, et cetera. There might be weekends that you know you'll be studying for a test. So look ahead at your schedule for September, October, November, and then make realistic deadlines for yourself to put in this spreadsheet. Um, On this spreadsheet, I also have students document the supplemental essays as you referenced. So what the essay prompts are, what the word limits are. So you have everything for that application in one place. And so
1: once you have that all filled out, what my advice is, again, back to the work smarter, not harder, is you want to wait before you start just writing supplemental essays, um, kind of willy nilly, you want to get it all on one sheet, and then you want to look and see, um, what looks alike, what can I, can I write this one for this school, and then with some small changes, have it work for these two other prompts at two different schools, Um, Mm -hmm same with my student who worked on the UC prompts. He now has, he used one of those UC prompts for his main common app essay. And two of the others are, have already, I can already see where they fit two different supplemental prompts that he's been asked. And so in that way, we already, he already has a start on Mm -hmm. the responses to those. And I find if you don't do the tracker first, It is very easy to end up doing a ton of extra work that you wouldn't need to do. So please try to do it in that order and make sure you're organized before you start just
2: writing a bunch of stuff. I completely agree. Mm -hmm. So then um,
1: one other thing um, that you probably would include in that tracker would be if a college is doing interviews, any Mm -hmm. thoughts on um, that piece of things?
2: Yes, Um, so I also have students add a column about opportunities for engaging with the college, including things like online interviews. when it, it's not the era of COVID, usually admissions officers are traveling the country going to your area to sit down and have an interview at a Starbucks or whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. Um, I I know that a lot of colleges have not posted all of their interview availability for this fall yet because they're still working with their colleagues at high schools, with their offices internally to figure out the logistics. Um, but I have been having my students research Um, interview opportunities for every college. One little trick that I discovered yesterday is that colleges have been trying to be very quick in offering interviews if they have them, but they haven't been able to redo the entire architecture of their website. So a lot of times interviews are um, housed within their campus visit part of the admissions website. Mm -hmm. And you go to the calendar as if you were going to visit campus, and then they have video interviews, information sessions, et cetera, available. So you may have to dig a little bit on the website to find them, but a lot of colleges do have them. It's also completely appropriate to email an office of admission and ask if they offer interviews or are doing them. A lot of the most selective colleges or colleges that just simply receive too many applications to offer interviews don't offer them and they they haven't whether it's covid or not but a lot of yep. colleges smaller liberal arts schools schools that are able to Um, interview more students do offer interviews and they will be doing them via things like Zoom platforms this fall. And so researching those opportunities, putting them on this spreadsheet, and then also documenting for yourself on the same spreadsheet once you've scheduled them when they are. Um, And one other little tip I'll give is that before a student has an interview, you want to research and document some compelling arguments of why you want to go to that school. So look at their website, really have a couple a concise elevator speech of why you at that school, um, as well as be prepared to ask some questions. And sometimes documenting some notes on that spreadsheet can be really helpful as well. Great advice. Um, one other thing that I would
1: note is. <clears throat> Whatever it was I was going to note it flew out of my brain. So hopefully we can edit that part out. Um, (laughs) um, I did want to ask about testing, right? So there's a couple of different scenarios here. What do you do if you don't have it? Um, What's your advice there? And then Mm -hmm. submitting your scores if you do. Um, What are your thoughts on building testing into your timeline for the fall?
2: So first of all, I'm going to go back to that tracker spreadsheet and research. Um, With most of the students that I work with right now, they actually have three columns on their spreadsheets about testing for each school. One is researching the college's policies. So scouring their website, emailing them if you need to, to find out are they test optional? Like we're hearing from so many schools due to testing cancellations and COVID. Um, If not, um, what does that mean? And by what date do you have to take the exams? Which exams are they asking for? Really understanding their policies and documenting it. Um, And then um, the other thing that I'm having students document is the mid 50% score ranges from past admitted students, so that there can be a data-based informed decision with schools that are test optional, if a student has scores, which not a lot don't, but if they have them, they can make an informed decision of where their scores fit vis-a-vis that school. Um, And then also, um, if they are sending scores, another column to document when they've ordered the scores from the ACT or SAT to be submitted to the colleges. Got it. Great advice. I thought of what I was going to
1: share earlier. If you are going to end up sitting for an online interview, we wrote a great blog about that. Uh, And you can go to our blog um, and search for doing a zoom video and there'll be some great tips on doing that. Sarah, thank you so much for joining today. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Have a good day. All right. We are going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we are doing our first top five For seniors, so don't go away.
3: Follow us on Twitter at Voice America TRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and
4: your favorites. That's Voice America TRN.
0: Looking for exciting video content live and on demand? Visit www.voiceamerica.tv for exclusive content you just can't find anywhere else. That's voiceamerica.tv. Tune in now. You are listening to Getting In, a college coach conversation. To submit a question for an upcoming listener Q&A segment or to suggest an idea for a future segment, please send an email to gettingin.voiceamerica at gmail.com. Now, back to the show.
1: Welcome back, everybody. Thanks so much for joining us today. Um, With me is Michelle Richardson, who is my colleague here at College Coach, but also a former financial aid officer at the Mayo Clinic of Medicine. And she also worked at both Sally Mae and Chase Student Loans. So she's got a very broad perspective on financial aid. Hi, Michelle. Hi, Beth. How are you? I'm good, and thanks for joining today. Uh, We are doing another one in our top five series, and today's top five is um, advice for seniors who are getting organized to apply for financial aid. Uh, And so why don't we start with number five, which I know is related to the FSA ID. So what is that? Tell us about it. Sure. So
3: one item that both the high school student and one of the parents needs to do before they complete the federal student aid application um, is they need to apply for what they call an FSA ID. And FSA stands for federal student aid. And it's basically Something that again the student and one parent needs to do online. They can do this via FSA ID. Ed.gov, um, and they need to create a username and password, which gives them access to the federal student aid online system. And it also acts as and serves as their legal signature uh, when they complete uh, any federal student aid documents um, like the FAFSA. And one thing that's really important about the FSA ID is uh, a couple things. It is tied to the student and the individual parent' social security number and date of birth. And so one key uh, important item to note is they need to write it down and keep <laughs> track of both the username and the password. Uh, It can be challenging if a year from now and they go out to complete the financial aid application and they can't find that FSA ID, username, and password. um, It can be a challenge to try and
1: uh, go through that process again. Got it. So apply for it and write it down. Advice, Piece of advice number five. Uh, All right, number four. You want to pick a date in October. So what is that about? Sure. So the FAFSA, which is an
3: acronym that stands for the Free Application for Federal Student Aid and the CSS profile, and CSS stands for College Scholarship Service, these are two financial aid applications, and they're not available until October 1st. And there are some uh, institutions that will award their need-based financial aid on a first-come, first-served basis when it comes to their own institutional dollars, like maybe need-based grants or uh, perhaps a, a merit scholarship. So uh, it's really imperative that the families complete the applications in October. Um, it's just a, a really good idea, and it's easy to just set a date and, and sit down as, as a family and take care of both of those financial aid applications.
1: So I know that um, you want to gather the necessary financial information that you're going to need to complete those. What kind of information is that? What documents do you suggest students have in hand? Yeah, that's a
3: great question. So for the, the FAFSA, um, from a financial perspective, it will ask for both the student and the parents, federal uh, adjusted gross income and some other uh federal income tax items from their income tax return from last year. So for any high school seniors this year that are entering college in the fall of 21, you're going to complete the financial aid applications in October of the 2020. So you're going to uh, want your Federal income tax information from 2019. Um, it's always good to have the bank statements available for any checking or savings accounts for both the parent and the the student. Um, On the FAFSA, parents will have to also report any non-retirement assets. Um, So if they have a college savings plan, like a 529 plan, they'll need to know that account balance. If they own any property outside of their primary residence, they will need that information as well. Um, and, And for the CSS profile, and there's about 300 institutions that use the, the profile. Um, that financial aid application digs a little deeper into the full family financial picture. So it's good to have the uh, primary residence uh, market value, what you bought your home for, and uh, your retirement asset values uh, handy as well when you complete that application.
1: Got it. Okay. Great advice. So some good documents to gather there. And for our listeners, we do um, have segments where we talk about completing these forms. So there will be more about this that we'll be talking about. But for today, that's some good information for you to know. All right. Top uh, piece of advice number three is to start a spreadsheet um, to keep track of outside scholarship applications. So what's important about this and why a spreadsheet? Sure. So outside
3: scholarships are those private scholarships that students might apply for um, on a a national basis or or maybe a, a local basis. And it's really good to get organized with that before they get busy with the college application process. Um, if they start a, a spreadsheet or a document, it's you know good information to know when that scholarship application uh, is available, what is the deadline for it, um, and what is necessary in order to put their best self forward in that scholarship process, you know, some outside scholarships require an essay or a, a certain number of community service hours or a, a project. And so uh, creating a spreadsheet or, or a document to keep all of that organized is, is really helpful because there's no uh, one-size-fits-all scholarship application with an Mm -hmm. open date and an end date. They are all over the board um, and the calendar. So um, it's good to keep track of that information.
1: Got it. And um, for listeners who just listened to the first segment, you know that having a big tracker document is key to success when you're applying to college. It certainly makes sense that uh, you would want something similar when you're applying to for aid or scholarships from colleges and from other organizations. And which brings me actually to number two, which also involves uh, a spreadsheet or a tracking document. Tell us about number two. Sure. So um, in the last point, we talked about outside
3: scholarships, but a lot of students are looking for merit scholarships, which are, Scholarship dollars offered by the colleges and universities, um, typically through the admission process, they're often awarded by the admission office. And um, generally speaking, most institutions will utilize the college application uh, process for consideration for their merit scholarships, but again, there's no one-size-fits-all, and there are uh, some uh, institutions out there that have what we call priority deadlines, where the students have to apply for admission by a certain date in order to be considered for merit scholarships. some institutions have a, a separate scholarship application above and beyond the admission application materials. Um, there's a, a, a couple of uh, institutions that require the FASPA and the CSS profile, uh, the two financial aid applications in order Mm -hmm. to be considered for merit scholarship. So again, there's no consistency and, you know, you don't want to miss out on a merit scholarship opportunity because you didn't look for that information. And, um, you know, it's it's just really relevant to look for that on the college uh, website. Uh, again, there's some inconsistencies as some colleges and universities will have their merit scholarship information on the admission mm-hmm. site, where others will house their merit scholarship information on the financial aid and and scholarship site. So. Um, you know, be aware of that. I find the easiest way is to just go to each individual school's website, go to the search functionality, and and type in merit scholarship so it'll direct them to the appropriate place.
1: Great advice. And it is a common frustration that the colleges don't all just do everything the same way, but they refuse. It's frustrating. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Top number one piece of advice for senior getting ready to apply for financial aid this year.
3: Um, The top one is for both the students and the parents. And um, it's to have a weekly check-in conversation about where the student is at with the college scholarship, whether it's an outside scholarship process or where they're at with their merit scholarship um, applications, Um, you know, both the parents and the students have tasks when it comes to uh, applying for financial aid. And, um, you know, I know because the financial aid applications require a significant amount of you know financial information from the parents a lot of times they are the the key individuals taking care of the entering of, of those applications. But having the, the conversation weekly so the student is accountable, the parents are accountable, and everybody's on the same page to make sure that they don't miss any any deadlines. And, you know, along with having that check-in conversation um, and kind of tracking the the progress of, of where they're at in the uh, applying to college and financial aid, uh, process, but having that, that cost discussion and, um, you know, looking at the net price at institutions that the student is looking at, uh, applying to and, you know, being sure that both, uh, the parents and the student are, are on the same, uh, playing field and, uh, regarding, uh, what schools offer merit scholarships if they're trying to get merit scholarship opportunities and, um, again, making sure that the financial aid applications are completed uh, in a timely manner.
1: Yeah, and I, I think that's what I love so much about that advice, and and I would even take it further and say, is there a number that, um, as a parent, you can afford And if there is, you want to make sure that the student is aware of what that number is. And so, you know, taking all of those pieces into consideration when the the options or the acceptances start coming in and you start entering the numbers into that spreadsheet and it becomes clear which schools are affordable and are, are either at or under that number and which schools are maybe out of reach. Um, and if you have those conversations, then hopefully that's much easier when the when the results come in. Michelle, Absolutely. thank you so much. I appreciate you joining us today. It was my pleasure. Thanks so much, Beth. All right, we are uh, going to take another quick break, but when we are back from that, we're going to talk about uh, top five piece of advice pieces of advice for seniors uh, and the college process this fall. So don't go away.
4: Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN.
0: College admissions can be stressful, but Bright Horizons College Coach is here to help. Our college experts, who worked in admissions and financial aid at some of the nation's most selective institutions, offer ethical, customized assistance based on each student's individual strengths and interests. Students receive one-on-one guidance throughout the process, and our 100% success rate means all of our students have been accepted to college. Visit GetIntoCollege.com to learn more. Looking for exciting video content live and on demand? Visit www.voiceamerica.tv for exclusive content you just can't find anywhere else. That's voiceamerica.tv. Tune in now. You are listening to Getting In, a college coach conversation. To submit a question for an upcoming listener Q&A segment or to suggest an idea for a future segment, please send an email to gettingin.voiceamerica at gmail.com. Now, back to the show.
1: Hi, everybody. We are back, and we are embarking on our second top five piece today, and this one revolves around advice for seniors and the college process this fall. And joining me to discuss these is my colleague, Lauren DeProspero, who is uh, a former med med school admissions officer and also um, an undergrad reader, reader at Columbia, and she's also worked at Stanford and the University of San Francisco. Hi, Lauren. Hi. How are you doing today? I'm good, thanks, and thanks for joining us. I appreciate it. Uh, All right. You have some great advice to share. And when in our previous segment, we went from number five all the way up to number one. But with you, we're going to start with our number one piece of advice for seniors this fall. And this is related to attitude. So what's your thought? What are your thoughts here?
4: Yeah, absolutely. You know, students going into this fall are going to be learning in a variety of different environments. And so I think You know, in terms of attitude, your attitude towards online learning will affect how that goes. You know, whether you are in a hybrid model, completely online, you know, make the most of your educational experience. And, you know, your experience this fall might look different than your experience in the spring because both teachers and students will have had more exposure to remote learning. Um, And I think, you know, for the parents out there, as with everything, a parent's attitude towards an experience can impact how that child will react. Um, and so I think it's good to, to kind of go in with that positive attitude. Um, I also wanted to note that we uh, recently had a blog post, um, a guest blog post that features tips from professors about how best to learn online, which I think is definitely worth a read. Um, I think it's important for, for families to be reading that as they're going into the fall.
1: Yep. Agreed. Um, There are some really good tips on there. So as always, we recommend people go to our blog. Um, (laughs) So that's always important. Um, And then you had another, uh, you know, attitude. um, That's also really important. One last piece, but certainly not least. (laughs) Yes. And, you know, for students applying
4: early action or early decision, first quarter grades might be requested by the colleges that you apply to. Um, You know, first semester grades will be sent to your regular decision schools. So take your senior year seriously, you know, do your best as I'm sure you always try and do, but just remember that grades from this year do matter in this process.
1: Yeah, and I I really can't underscore this enough. I know that this is an incredibly challenging time for the world, and certainly there are um, students and parents out there who are worried a whole lot less about online high school and a whole lot more about things like their immediate health and uh, well-being of themselves or their family members, and so, of course, it's okay to not be okay Mm -hmm. Um, but if you know if if really right now it's just you're disappointed you don't want to be online totally get it Um, but unfortunately you kind of if you can't control it you just have to roll with it and if you can have a good attitude about it it will likely make it easier Mm -hmm. Uh, okay second piece of advice is related to um, some time for college so what are your thoughts on this one Yes, so
4: I always recommend families going into this, uh, into their senior year, to set aside a specific time to discuss the college process and a student's mm-hmm. progress. Right, doing this makes sure that it's not going to be everything that you talk about. If you talk to relatives, it's okay to say that you don't want to talk about it. Um, yeah. you know, I think that it's you know more likely now than ever that it could become. A lot of what you talk about, right? Because life has shifted. Perhaps it's not busy as it once was. Perhaps it starts feeling a lot bigger than it should. And so I think it's, it's considering how this, how often it makes sense to talk as a family, right? It might be a quick check in once a day. It might be every other day, once a week. Find the balance that works well for your family and your students so no one feels overwhelmed by this process and feels properly supported. Um, within that support structure.
1: Yeah. I mean, we've definitely seen situations where, you know, every single meal, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, it's all about college. And then all weekend long, it's all about college. And that will get overwhelming for pretty much anybody. So I love that piece of advice. Um, And I think it's really important for families to think about and listen to and plan for. Uh, All right. Number three, great uh, you know, be prepared and organized. So yes. Sarah and I um, talked a lot about uh, get it, creating a giant tracker document and things like that. Um, but I would love to get your thoughts as well on this piece of it and, and maybe kind of the bigger picture too of being prepared and organized.
4: Yeah, there are so many different moving parts to the admissions process, right? from your, you know, figuring out your college list to deadlines to, um, you know, different pieces that the colleges are asking for. And I think that, you know, being organized and staying organized can help mitigate a lot of the stress around this process. So Mm -hmm. a big tracker document, maybe a color-coordinated notebook, right? However you organize yourself, do it. You know, set yourself that schedule, work through this process. You know, I think especially this year, We've seen how quickly things can change. And I think being on top of this process and being organized can help you be flexible if and when things need to change for you. So you feel like you have a handle on what's happening, on what you can control, and it allows you to pivot a lot um, more easily and, and not feel like you've lost control of this process.
1: Yeah, and I mean, I would even think back to the previous piece of advice on setting aside time to discuss the college process. Mm -hmm. I love what you just said about, you know, having a plan to work through everything. Set aside a time to work on your applications. Mm -hmm. The single biggest mistake that I see seniors making, and I really used to see it when I was on the other side of the desk and you could tell when you read the application, is waiting until the last minute to Mm -hmm. do the work right so read an application we did a, a decent on their main essay and filled out the application okay then by the time i got to the supplemental essays it was clear that they had probably written half an hour before they would submitted the application and it showed and it absolutely And it showed and it absolutely could lead to them being denied because there were too many students who had taken enough time to work on their applications. So um, having that plan to get things done in a in a more structured way, it it can be incredibly helpful to you. Yeah, absolutely.
4: And taking a look at your college list, you know, you can go into the uh, common application now, see what sort of essay prompts you're up against. And you can really sit down now before school starts, or <laughs> there might be yes. some students back in school right now, but it's still early and they can really get organized by, by looking now. Those prompts should be available for the vast majority of schools. Exactly.
1: All right. Um, piece of advice number four, also super important and also often overlooked, and that is being familiar with high school's rules and regulations. So what do you mean when you, when you talk about that?
4: Yeah, what I mean is to find out the deadlines and expectations at your school for those supporting documents like your transcripts and letters of recommendation. Um, You know, whether or not you're partially in person or or fully remote, it's it's good to be proactive in finding out when you need to submit that request for a document for each of those deadlines for early decision or early action, for regular decision. Um, You know, offices tend not to be flexible when you miss that deadline. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, it might be harder to find that information now, or it might pass you by in a way that it might not have if you were, you know, fully in school and and everything was fully open. So just knowing that that exists, knowing to ask that question, I think is important. Um, And then, you know, I think it's good to be reconnecting with your teachers. Right, They're writing your letters of recommendation. Find out how their summers went. Right, Mm -hmm. Uh, Share your college list. Um, Let them know if you're applying somewhere early or rolling, because if they haven't written your letter, they need that information to be able to write your letter in a timely fashion. Um, And ask them if they need any additional information. Maybe there were changes to your summer plans that you had told them you were going to do that didn't happen anymore. Open that line of communication. So you know that that they remember that you asked them and then that they, um, you know, that that they have the information that they need. And if you haven't, um, you know, asked for that letter of recommendation, you're not too late. You can certainly ask them <laughs> but right. give them the same information, ask them how their summers went and, you know, initiate that at the beginning of school. Um, you know, like I said, it's really helpful for them to know when your first deadline is so they can support you in this process and have that done for you.
1: Right. And it's definitely, there's no question that this is going to be more difficult this year. Yes. Um, right. Because you're you may not be able to just wander into your school counselor's office and pick up information about what the deadlines are or ask a question. And you might have to email them. Um, you might have to call them and they're dealing with the same on their end where they were used to have a captive audience right there in the school. Now they're having to do a lot more outreach and, um, So, you know, be mindful of that and be mindful of the fact that counselors have a lot on their plates Mm -hmm. and they establish, I, I do see every year where families get frustrated by the deadlines that the school sets and they don't understand them or they they sometimes ignore them and they're there because it makes it possible for the counselors to support you and you need their support. So pay attention to those deadlines um, and you know, what they're trying to do to help you in this process, because they're an important part of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so interestingly enough, because we've just talked about connecting, mm-hmm. um, but what's your final piece of advice here? Yeah. So my final
4: piece of advice is to find ways to disconnect, right? In some ways, we're more connected than ever we're all tired of zoom calls you know we're missing that in person connection and you know in other ways we're isolated you know as much as we love our family very much we're probably pretty tired of seeing the same few faces every day of not feeling that we can move around our communities in the way that we used to so find time to do something fun that's not related to school that's not related to the application process be kind to yourself right you could be Taking a walk if that's safe, right? Baking bread, reading a book, mm-hmm. needlepoint, right? Whatever <laughs> it is that gives yourself that well-deserved break, take it, right? Because it's it, it's a tough process in a normal year. Give yourself that break. Um, know that it's okay to take breaks. Um, you know that's just a really important part of this process that I don't think people talk about enough.
1: Yeah, I agree. I'm- I think in uh, we're talking a little bit about that when we when we mentioned setting aside specific mm-hmm. times to talk the college process right? setting aside specific times to um, work on your college applications and here we're basically what you're saying is set aside of those things right. <laughs> to um to to completely step away from it and get some perspective um right. and just you know enjoy some things and it is harder right in the past you could disconnect by maybe you go to a movie or right. you go out to eat a meal or um I don't know go to your go to a concert and right. none of those they're not, not options but they're right. fewer and far I mean, you can do those things. Exactly. So Yeah. Um, Any any final pieces of advice that you would give to seniors this year as we head into uh, September?
4: I think it's, you know, taking a deep breath, knowing that you'll make it through, (laughs) Um, that there have been a lot of changes to the process. But at the same time, a lot of it is still the same, Um, you know, staying on top of your schools and just knowing if there are changes that happen. Um, but you'll make it through. It'll be fine.
1: <laughs> That's know, exactly right.
4: <laughs> you know, just, just go with the flow, make sure that, that you take care of yourself and your family.
1: Yes, exactly. Um, and at some point, things will, if not go back to normal, they will go to a new normal. And I do believe we will move freely again mm-hmm. someday. So um, Lauren, thank you so much for joining today. I really appreciate uh, you taking the time and sharing your insights. Thanks for having me, Beth. Absolutely. Um, And thanks to all my guests this week. Next week, Ian is hosting, and uh, we are actually going to be doing a segment on standardized testing. And there, of course, have been so many different questions and concerns and canceled tests. And um, so we've brought in our testing experts from Arbor Bridge uh, and they're going to talk to us a little bit more about their insights around what they see of the fall testing environment. Um, and then we're also answering your questions, which brings me to the next piece, which is send us your questions. So uh, a number of you will submit your questions to us on Facebook. We love that. Um, follow us on Facebook. And uh, we're Bright Horizons College Coach. And you can submit a question anytime, any time and we will add it to the list of questions we try to answer uh, at least once a month on the show. If you also would just like to email us directly, you can do that at gettingin.voiceamerica at gmail.com. Um, you can also uh, send us a question on Instagram. And yes, we are on Instagram. You can follow us at at Um, We also have a a great blog that I referenced a few times today, and you can find that at blog.getintocollege.com. That uh, blog that Lauren mentioned about professors' tips for studying online is available there. The blog about uh, with tips for interviewing online is there. Uh, and if you'd like to learn a little bit more about us, you can visit our website at getintocollege.com. And don't forget, we're here every Thursday, 4 p.m. Eastern and 1 p.m. Pacific.